Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. It's a brand new Flyers Daily for the 21st of October, 2023. Flyers back in action tonight. They're going to head back out on the road to take on the Dallas Stars tonight. Dallas is a really good team. Team with a lot of expectations coming into this season. Right now, Dallas, they've only played three games. They have a record of 2-0-1. They've got five points. They sit in the second spot of the Central Division in the Western Conference. They have... uh, When it comes to goal scoring, seven goals for, six goals allowed. They haven't put up good numbers offensively. Here's the teams they've played so far. They beat St. Louis on their opening night at home uh, October 12th. It was a 2-1 shootout victory. Then they lost to Vegas on the road 3-2 in the shootout. And they lost, or they rather, they won on Thursday against Anaheim 3-2. So they return home from Anaheim. They'll play the Flyers coming up tonight at 8 o'clock. And then they're going to go to Pittsburgh for one game, and then come back home for two against Toronto and Columbus, then head to Calgary, Edmonton, and Vancouver. That's a brutal schedule, and you know, that's one of the things for East Coast teams like the Flyers. They, the travel, the amount of teams that are in a pretty concentrated type area, even just go as far as the entirety of the East Coast from as far north in the U.S. as Boston and as far south as South Beach to take on Florida and that Florida, Tampa there, and then you have Carolina, and you see here on the East Coast, you've got the Flyers, Penguins across the state, you got the Islanders and the Rangers right there, and the Devils, so travel much easier for a team positioned geographically where the Flyers are uh, than it is for a team like Dallas. Jake Ottinger has gotten the start in all games for Dallas so far. We'll see if he gets the game coming up tonight against the Flyers. I suspect we'll see Sam Arison for the first time tonight for the Flyers as Carter Hart has played all of the first four games of this season and has looked very strong. Carter's gotten off to a tremendous start once again. Uh, not quite as gaudy as it was last year. Got a record of 3-1 so far, a 2-3-5 goals against average, and a 9-29 save percentage. And really, the reason why his numbers are are that is because of the 5-2 loss against Ottawa, where they scored three power play goals against him and five total goals. So in the other games, really outstanding numbers. And one of the things that maybe gets lost a little bit in that Edmonton game is the performance that he had in that game as well. It wasn't that he had a high volume uh, of saves or high or high uh, load exertion, but very timely saves against a wickedly, wickedly lethal offensive team in the Edmonton Oilers. So Hart off to a good start. Maybe Erson gets tonight, and then Hart comes back in for that game 11 o'clock on Tuesday against the Vegas Golden Knights. When you look at the Flyers' upcoming schedule, you know, we kind of just went over the schedule of uh, the Dallas Stars, the Flyers' On the road tonight in Dallas. Then they're going to head to take on the Vegas Golden Knights on Tuesday night at 11 o'clock. It's very late for NHL teams to be starting a game on their biological clock of of 11 o'clock at night. That's almost shouldn't be allowed in my estimation. But then they're going to return home and finish out the month at Wells Fargo Center. We'll see Minnesota on Thursday at 730. Then we'll see Anaheim on Saturday, a week from today, at Wells Fargo Center the 28th at 1 o'clock. And then we'll see Carolina on Monday the 30th at 7 o'clock at Wells Fargo Center. And when you look at the standings right now in the East, it's very early to be looking at standings. I understand. Flyers are tied in points atop the Metropolitan Division. Uh, With that four games played, a record of 3-1, 
Uh, Carolina's played five games. They have a record of three and two, also six points. But the Flyers, by way of playing less games and having the same amount of points, are the number one team in the Metropolitan Division right now. A couple teams off to kind of dicey starts, if you will. You look at the New Jersey Devils through three games, one, one, and one. There's a lot of expectations, obviously, in New Jersey with the Devils. The Columbus Blue Jackets uh, made some more moves this offseason. Obviously, the big move was last offseason when they got Johnny Gaudreau. They're off to a 1-2 and two start, as are the Washington Capitals. Uh, the Islanders off to a good start. They've only played two games, but they're 2-0. and oh. And Carolina, probably the class of the Metropolitan Division, maybe the class of the, uh, of the entire Eastern Conference. They're off to a good start. And a team in Boston that we thought, wow, they lost Patrice Bergeron. They're going to really struggle. They're off to a 3-0 and oh start after last year when they were just absolutely bonkers in the regular season, setting NHL records for regular season points and points percentage. So uh, Flyers tonight in Dallas to take on a very good Stars team. They look to keep it going. They win two straight games at home. They outscore their opposition 6-1 to one in those two games combined, 2 nothing over the Vancouver Canucks, and then 4-1 over the Edmonton Oilers. Looks like the Flyers are probably going to be without Mark Stahl for a period of time. He had a really bizarre collision injury and run-in in the second period of the game. Played about just under eight minutes to that point. We didn't see him again. Um, so the best to Mark Stahl. But the Flyers are equipped to handle this because out of the lineup the other night came Igor Zamula after getting his first NHL goal. He's played in two of the four games so far. So uh, very simply put, you can put him in the lineup to take that spot on the left side. Mark Stahl also a left shot. And he can go right into the lineup. Emil Andre, also a left shot, is an option for that as well. So we'll see how this plays out. This is one of the things that you know we've talked about quite a bit with young players. They may not play every game, but there's going to be opportunity because you're not going to get through an NHL season without players dealing with some injuries and having to miss time. Whether that's on the blue line, and it looks like that may be the case with Mark Stahl. Rasmus Ristolainen is a guy that has yet to play in a game this year. He could get into the lineup as well, although he's a right shot. But it gives you a little versatility there. So we'll see how this plays out for the Flyers. Um, you, know, you don't want to see a player go down with an injury, a veteran player, or anyone for that matter. But uh, it does open up opportunity for other players to get into the lineup and try and stick in the lineup. Now the other guy that has not been in the lineup is obviously Morgan Frost. He's played in two games of the four so far. He scratched in the last two, and we'll see if he draws back in coming up tonight against Dallas as well. You know, Coaches don't like to make a lot of changes when things are going well. And you look at that Edmonton game. It was a very detailed and fundamental game the way the Flyers played in all zones. John Tortorella talked about, you know, he talks so much about what the team does without the puck and what players do without the puck. We, we hear him talk about that all the time. In his postgame press conference after the Edmonton game, he said, I liked what my team did with the puck. You know, the, the smart plays they made made Edmonton have to go the full 200 feet. And, you know, when they dumped pucks in or chipped pucks in for a change, that puck got down below the goal line. You don't shorten the ice for a team that's got tremendous offensive skill and speed, and the Flyers didn't do that. And that's a big reason why they played the way they did. So uh, that, that was a very refined performance and a very refined performance from two guys that missed the entirety of last year. Sean Couturier, with two assists in the game, led the team in ice time up front again. Every game he's been in, he's been the, the forward that's gotten the most ice time on special teams, both of them, penalty kill and power play. 
so a very refined performance from the Flyers tonight. They'll look to duplicate that on the road. But it certainly is a good start to the season at four uh, four games in with a record of 3-1 and one for the Flyers. So the Flyers and the Stars tonight. We'll recap that tomorrow. What I wanted to do, though, you know, we're a couple weeks in now, four games into the season. It is early. We're going to check on these kind of throughout the season. But in advance of the season, I, I did an episode on some bold predictions that I was going to make in regards to the Flyers. And I came up with six different bold predictions and laid them out and made the case for them. You know, I'm not going to hit on all six of them. I'd love to hit on all six of them, but uh, a couple of them, you know, it might be close. Uh, I may fall short, but we'll see how it plays out. So I figured we'd check in now on my bold predictions just four games in a couple weeks. And like I said, we'll do this throughout the season as well. Bold prediction number one was that Noah Cates would score uh, 20 goals this season. He had 13 last season playing the center position without Sean Couturier, so was often drawing a very tough defensive matchup. And so far this season, no Cates actually is pointless. In four games, he's got no goals, no assists. He He's had a kind of quiet start to the year, although he was very good in the Edmonton game on draws. I think he went 11 for 15 or 10 for 15 in the faceoff circle, and that's an area where he has improved. Ultimately, though, you want to get some offense from a guy like Noah Cates. I think there's offense in there. So I got a long way to go to get the 20 goals. Let's get the first one tonight and go from there. Uh, It's not one that I'm particularly worried about at this point as a bold prediction. I don't think the number is too lofty. Once he gets, you know, his offense going, it's it could come in waves. So, 20 goals for Noah Cates certainly uh, still in play. Although we're off to a not a great start in achieving that. The second one I came up with is that Travis Konechny would be a point per game player. He was a point per game, more than a point per game player last year. 63 points in 61 games. Now we want him to play more games. We want him to play all 82. We hope that's the case. But so far, when we check in on Travis Konechny being a point-per-game player this season, in four games played, he's got three goals and two assists and five points. So he is ahead of the curve here early. He's a plus two on the year, averaging over 16 minutes of ice time. He's got one power play goal and 13 shots on goal. And like I said, the three goals. So he is pacing beautifully for my point-per-game on a full season for Travis Konechny. Did it last year, missed some games, missed 21 but we'll see if he can do it this year. Morgan Frost was one that I said would be a bold prediction of 60-plus points for Morgan Frost. He's obviously been scratched two games, the last two, and is pointless in the two games that he did play. Off to a little bit of a slow start as well. I thought he did drive some offense in the first game against Columbus and created a little bit and did a little bit late in the game against Ottawa, but he hasn't been back in the lineup, and we'll see if he draws back in tonight. So, Again, like Cates, I've got a long way to go to, to be successful on that bold prediction of 60-plus points when it comes to Morgan Frost. I also made a prediction that Cam York would lead the Flyers in ice time this season. Now, this one, I'm ready to ra- wave the white flag. He's going to be the guy on the team very likely with the second most minutes in average time on ice because the guy that is getting the most ice time right now, Travis Sanheim, uh, as long as he stays healthy and continues to assert himself and play the way he's played, there's no way that Cam York is going to end up with more average time on ice than Travis Sanheim. Sanheim on the season has got average 25 minutes and 26 seconds. He played over 27 minutes against the Edmonton Oilers. He's getting power play time. Cam York gets that as well. He's getting a very good amount of penalty kill time as well. 
and obviously a ton of even strength. He was over 20 minutes against Edmonton in even strength ice time. I think it was 20 minutes in about 10 seconds. Got Cam York, on the other hand, getting the second most minutes on the team at 23 minutes and 9 seconds. So he's getting considerable top pairing ice time, just not as much as, as his partner, Travis Sanheim. So I'll wave the white flag on that one now. I, I, I'll cash out at a very reduced rate, if you will, for Cam York leading the team in ice time. Another prediction that I made was that Joel Farabee would bounce back with 25-plus goals. Joel Farabee had 20 goals in, I think it was 55 games in the shortened season. Joel Farabee's got two goals already. He scored the first goal of the season for the Flyers, and he scored again in that game last night, or two nights ago, I guess now, against the Edmonton Oilers, where he made that great play and crossing play with Bobby Brink to open the scoring in that game. Brink fed him, and he just slammed it into the open net. So on his way, Joel Farabee looks much better at this point in the season than he did a year ago, moving much better, seems to have some chemistry with Bobby Brink and and other players that he's been out there with. So Joel Farabee, two goals in four games so far. It's an average of 41 goals per season. I don't know that he's going to score 41, uh, but I will commit and reaffirm my bold prediction that Joel Farabee will score north of 25 goals or more this season. The power play. This is the last one that I kind of made a deal on and a bold prediction that the power play would click at over 19%. Now, we know the power play last year did not perform well. It was the worst in the NHL last year, as a matter of fact. This year, it's not performing a whole lot better. It's a very small sample size, but it is 5.9%. It's not the worst in the league. It's actually 28th in the NHL. There's some teams that haven't scored on the power play at all yet. But the Flyers, I think, are 1 for 15 on the power play. That's got to improve dramatically. 1 for 16, maybe. That's got to improve dramatically. I'm not going to wave the white flag on 5.9% just four games in. Um, they got plenty of time. The power play gets settled. You find the right grouping of guys. It can start to click. You you bang two power play goals and uh, three out of three out of four games, and all of a sudden that power play percentage shoots up very quickly. We'll have to check in on that one in a couple of weeks, maybe in about a month's time, and see where it is then. But right now, uh, not tracking very promising. But I'm not going to wave the white flag. The only one I'll wave the white flag on again is Cam York leading this team in average time on ice because that's going to be. Travis Sanheim, who's been very assertive and very commanding out there, looks like a, a more aggressive player. Like, for example, the, the Farabee goal that gets scored, the play he makes in the neutral zone to tail whip the stick around an Edmonton player and force the turnover defending the red line. And it goes the other way and ends up in the back. And that's a really good play by a, by a lengthy and long defenseman like Travis Sanheim to do there. See, he can move up on that play a little bit too because of his ability to skate the way he is able to be mobile on the ice, the way he moves out there. And it was just a great play by Sanheim. Kind of gets overlooked a little bit because of the fantastic finish between Brink and Joel Farabee. But it was a very good play from Travis Sanheim. I think he's been excellent so far this season. And that's a big component for this Flyers team without question. So uh, we'll see if he continues that. He's going to get the minutes and the ice time like Sean Couturier. One last thing, too. John Tortorella said in his post-game press conference regarding McDavid being on the ice and, and Sean Couturier, he said he was out there every shift against McDavid. Couturier was in the game. And he said, if I didn't put him out there, he would have been looking over his shoulder at me like, dude, put me on the ice. He, he wants to be out there. That's a leader mentality. 
you know, the best player on the planet, he's on the ice, and if the coach's not going to tap you on the shoulder and say, get over the boards, you're going to turn around and look and be like, yo, I'm going out, whether you like it or not. That's the type of mentality that John Tortorella wants. Sean Couturier, kind of a soft-spoken guy, very under control, doesn't get overly, let his emotions really rule him or run him around. But make no mistake, when he's got the toughest task to deal with in the NHL, like Connor McDavid, he don't want to hide from it. He wants to run to it. And that's a great trait to have. And that's one of the reasons why having him back on this team is so important. To show that mentality to to young players, to want the toughest tasks in the NHL, to want to go straight at it, and not only mitigate their offense and control them and the damage that the, op- the opposition's top line can do, but also to go out there and outscore them. That's the element of that game to me that is the most kind of wow. Yeah, McDavid didn't have a shot on goal for the second time in 89 games. That's it. And Couturier basically marked them, if you will, all night. But the big thing is, is that that line went out there and had to deal with that line not scoring, preventing them from scoring. I talk about this all the time, that in the NHL, preventing goals is just as important as, as scoring them. It's a cumulative game. So for him to go in that line of Couturier, Atkinson, and, and uh, Owen Tippett to go out there and have to tamp that line down from, from hurting them, and to go out there and outscore that line with two goals yourself is a huge element. That's what Sean Couturier did in his Selkie winning year against teams like Washington. He would go out there and prevent guys like Ovechkin and Backstrom from scoring and he'd come out of the game with a couple of points for his line himself. If he, if he can go out there and do that against the top line consistently, boy, you're in such a different situation. A lot of people wanted to pour dirt on him. And say he was done, he can't come back after those surgeries. My point with him was always predicated on, his game has never been predicated on raw physical explosiveness. Was never this crazy high-flying skater and dynamic, super overly skilled guy. He's just a really smart hockey guy and detailed in his play. And a total professional. So... You want, if you want to pour dirt on him, I, I said it at the time, do that at your own peril. If a guy can come back from this, it is a guy like Sean Couturier who thinks the game extremely well. And he has looked, it's blown me away. I thought he would come back from it. I didn't know if he would come all the way back. I don't know that he will come all the way back. We're not there yet. But he is way ahead of where I thought he'd be at this point. So great, great play so far by Sean Couturier. And it's great to see him walking around smiling and enjoying it. That's great. He was miserable when he was out. All right, Flyers in Dallas tonight to take on the Stars. We'll break it down tomorrow. Join us then on an all-brand-new episode of Flyers Daily. Have a great day, everybody.